burdens down. Friends don't treat me like they used to since I laid my burdens down. Hallelujah. Have you ever noticed that if you um pursuing a goal, if you're saving God in Christ, if you're doing something different with your life, you ever noticed that you begin to lose friends? You ever notice that? You begin to lose friends, you're getting to lose um friendships and you get ready to lose partnerships. Um, ex-wives, ex-husbands, wives, uh, husbands have divorced because you headed in a different direction in your life. Wife want to go back to school to get a degree. Husband want to start a business. He want to move out of state or something. Different things that we believe that the Lord has told us and wanted us to do. And we begin to pursue that thing. But yet we got people in our lives who may come against it, fight against it, speak against it not really for it you know so you ever notice that when you're pursuing and, and doing different things that um my god that you begin to lose you begin to lose family members friends different things of that sort and um but i'm just here right now to encourage your heart because you may be going through that right now you may be going through a difficult time, a hard time. You may be going through a time in your life, a transition to where you feel like you uh, want to make a move out of state. You want to make a move out of the house. You want to make a move out of that apartment. You want to make a move out of that church. You want to make a move and you want to start your own business. You wanna, and you're scared because you know that when you start making these certain moves, you know that you're going to be making them by yourself because you already know in your spirit, you already know in your heart that somebody is not going to like what you're getting ready to do. Somebody's going to be uh, against what you're getting ready to do. Somebody's going to be against you starting that ministry, starting that church, starting that uh, project. Um, somebody's just going to be shouting against you, talking against you. And so... I just want to encourage your heart because when you're doing the will of God, it may come a point in time where you're alone. You may have to spend some time alone. Mm -hmm. And God sometimes moves people out of your life in order for you can hear him more clearly. Yes, yeah, sometimes God needs to get you alone because in the midst of a whole lot of people there's distraction and noise so sometimes God got to get you all by yourself and you've been feeling like you're unattractive you've been feeling like you um some of you will feel like well I never get a husband I never get a wife you're feeling like you gotta um uh tuck this in and lift this up and you've been feeling all you know unattractive unworthy and God, and it's not the, the case at all. But God got to get you alone. Because if he doesn't get you alone, he can't speak to you. You got too many distractions. It's time to let go of some distractions. Some friends ain't going to treat you like they used to. Some co-workers going to leave you be. You may even lose some jobs. You may even lose some opportunities. You may even, folks may not even call you back because, it, but don't worry about it. Because God need to get you alone. Because your mind been running. It's been running too much. And, and God need to get you alone. Because if you're God's kid. If you're God's man. If you're God's woman. He's going to take you into the place. Where you are ordained. And prophesied to be. And that's what I'm going to get in in the book of Acts. Because I want you to know. That it may come a point in your time in your life. Where you're shipwrecked. Your life has been shipwrecked. Your life could be shipwrecked in, a, in the next 90 days. When I mean shipwrecked, it, it could, you can lose a job. You can lose a career. You can lose a loved one. You can lose a husband. You can lose a, 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 a wife. You can lose your enthusiasm. You can lose a lot of things. You can lose some credit. You can lose some things. You may lose a car. You may lose an apartment. You lose a house. Your life will become shipwreck think about something right now in your life that you will lose right now think of a person 
a place or a thing right now that you can lose right now. And if you lost that thing right now, you will feel like your life was over. That's what I mean by shipwrecked. It could come to that point. But life is not over there. Because until you have fulfilled your destiny, until you have fulfilled everything that God has called you to do, Rebel Shaka, you're not going anywhere. The, the, the ship, the ship may crash, but you're not going anywhere. Rebel your life may be turned upside down, but you're not going anywhere. Don't give up. It's just the beginning. You're not there yet. You're not, you're not, your life ain't over yet. There are many people right now, you feel unworthy because somebody didn't call you back. Whether it's a job, a man, a woman, a, a, a who, whoever it is, you're feeling unworthy because somebody didn't call you back. They weren't supposed to. Because whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through at this time up until now, it's all working together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. You're going to be in the spot where God will call you to be. It don't matter what's going on. God is going to bless you real good. Let me give you a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your special name among men. We thank you, for Father God, for what you're doing and what you're still doing. We thank you right now, Father God, for because you are the, 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 the rabbi, Shaka. You are, Father God, the king of glory. You are the blesser. You are the giver. You are, Father God, all that we need. You are God and God all by yourself. And when, Father God, when we don't know what to say, when we're tired, when we have sinned, when we're weary, you're there. Father, we ask for forgiveness of sin. And, Father, we ask right now that one day we shall repent and forever be with the Lord. And we give your name praise. We give your name glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, God is going to bless you real good. Um, you're at the area and a point in time in your life right now where you feel like you're at a standstill in your life. You feel like you can't get enough, make enough money. You feel like your your, your money is, is is slowed down. You feel like your finances is just all over the place. Mm -hmm. Some of you have ran out of unemployment money. Some of you run out of out of house, out of, out of things that you want in your life, and you feel shipwrecked. Somebody divorced you during the pandemic. Uh-huh. Trying to say that didn't want to be your friend during the pandemic. Some of you that was living with somebody during the pandemic, they decided they don't want to live with you no more because they found out you're not there really that easy to get along with. Because sometimes we blame other people for the problem, but actually sometimes, oftentimes, we are the problem. But I just want to give you a word of encouragement to know that even times of shipwrecked, that can be a blessing also. Let me read you in the book of Acts chapter 27. And we are asking that you would indeed um, hearken and hear the word of the Lord. Amen. It says in Acts chapter 27 around verse 1, it says this. And when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners, one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band, and entering into the ship of Adramantium, we launched and meaning to sail by the coast of Asia. And one Aphratius, Macedonia, Thessalonica, being with us. And on the next day, we touched at Sidon, and Julius courteously entreated Paul, Gave him liberty to go in to his friends and refresh himself. And when he had launched from thence, he sailed on the Cyprus. And we sailed, and the winds were contrary to us. This is Paul. He's been arrested along with other prisoners. And they're getting ready to set sail on this boat. And they're taking Paul to his destiny. <laughs> Actually, Paul 
after he reaches his destiny, after he reaches his place of destination, he's going to there be able to preach and teach the gospel. <laughs> it's funny how they didn't send him a limo. He didn't get on a jet. No, he was taken prisoner, put on a boat with other prisoners and set sail. <sighs> Oftentimes, you won't not you will not arrive at your destiny in a limo. You won't arrive at your destiny with applause. You're not going to arrive at the place you want to be with everybody patting you on the back and saying good job. Sometimes you arrive at the place where you need to be full of haters, full of other prisoners, full of confusion, full of problems, full of debt, maybe perhaps. But you may arrive at the place where you need to be. Rebel Shaha. Not like you expected. You ever had somebody prophesy you to you in church and say, you're going to be a millionaire or you're going to be a preacher. You're going to be a teacher. You're going to be a bishop. You're going to graduate college. You're going to do this. You're going to do have a house. You're going to have do all these wonderful things. Prophet me prophesy to you about that, right? You got a prophet that stood up and prophesied to you about Things of the future and how things are going to be for you. And then you get all excited. Mm-hmm. You call your friends. Tell them about it. You're running the aisles of the church. You're throwing oil in people's face. You're slapping folks in faces with ties. Whatever you're doing. They're just so excited. Because somebody just prophesied to you. And told you. That you're going to be basically successful. I remember somebody prophesied to me. Um, this thing is just so true. I remember like it was yesterday. I was, uh, before I wrote my first book, I, um, I had a dream actually in that, and the Lord began to speak with me, um, uh, basically and deal with me and saying, you need to write a book. And I was like, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, I can't write no book. I'm like, this can't be the Lord speaking to me. Then again, maybe he is speaking to me. I'm saying, I'm like, you know, the Lord is telling me to write a book. So. Before I began to write the book, right, I um, was in church one, one Sunday service, and a prophet prophesied to me. And the prophet said, you've been thinking about writing a book, haven't you? Lord, have mercy. I, just, I, just, I just lost it. Because I, have not, I had not spoken to anyone about it. I didn't tell um, a friend about it. Didn't tell a lover or a wife or I didn't tell my mother, my sister, my brother. I didn't tell nobody about me thinking about writing a book. I didn't, I didn't say anything about it. So I knew it was God because I knew that the only person I've been talking to this about is God. And so when they, that person prophesied to me, I lost it. I mean, I got to shout and dance, running the house, crying, everything because I knew God was speaking to me. That's how it is when folks receive prophecy. You know, they get so excited, you know. But the problem with prophecy is this. And I don't know if I should necessarily call it a problem. I just call it an issue then. I think pe people don't understand that when, when you're prophesied to, God gives you your destination. Yes. And your destination is you're going to write a book. Or your destination could be, you're going to be married. Your destination could be, you're going to be a college graduate. You're going to be a bishop. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Different things you're going to do with your life, right? That's your destination. But the issue is, God doesn't tell you how you're going to get from point A to point B. He doesn't tell you how you're going to get to your destination. Doesn't know, don't, you don't know if you're going to take a train, a plane, a bicycle, a tricycle, a big wheel. You don't know what's going to happen in your life to get you to the spot that God has called you to be. And because you don't know how you're going to get there, if the way seems rough, you'll begin to think, well, maybe it wasn't God that spoke to me. You begin to think, well, maybe there's nothing to this. Maybe that was a false prophet because he told me I was going to be a bishop. He told me I was going to be a pastor. He told me this, that, and the other, and I'm still in the same spot I was 10 years ago. <laughs> Paul is a man that was prophesied to. You know what? I, I I need to somebody think I'm making this up. So I want you to go to the book of Acts. Leave Acts chapter 27. And I want you to go to the book of Acts around chapter 7 real quick. And I'm going to show you 
that Paul was prophesied to. And the different things that Paul was prophesied to and about concerning his life and what he's getting ready to do with his life. And I'm going to show you this. And the one that prophesied to Paul, I know he wasn't lying. Because the, the one that prophesied to Paul was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some false prophets out there. There are some people who might tell you, hey, in 30 days, this is going to happen. And it don't happen. Guess what? When somebody tell you there's something that didn't come to pass, that was not of God. <laughs> when, you, when you're trying to distinguish whether or not a prophecy is from God or not, it's very um, easy to do. And God gives you a format to know if something came from me or not. For he, he says this, if it comes to pass, that was me. If it doesn't, that's the one that I didn't speak. Simple, ain't it? Let me let me go with me to Acts chapter nine real quick, and I'm gonna show you something. Because some of you have been waiting for a prophecy to come to pass, and this is for the mature folk now. This, this is for my church people now. You've been waiting for a prophecy to come to pass. You've been waiting for a husband to show up. You've been waiting for a wife. You've been waiting for all these different things that God has spoken to you in your spirit, and it hasn't happened yet. And you're still in the same spot. Or some of you might, may, may in fact be in a worse spot now than you was before somebody spoke to you. And so because of that, you're thinking that what they spoke to you is not coming to pass. What God spoke to you is not coming to pass. But it ain't necessarily true. Now, look at, look at Acts chapter 9 around verse 1. Let me show you something. It says, Now Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against disciples of the Lord, Went into the high priest and desired him letters to the masters, to the, to the synagogues, that he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, this is Saul. This is actually uh, Paul's name before it was changed to Paul. His name used to be Saul. And when before he became a believer in Jesus Christ, he was a persecutor of the people who believed in Jesus Christ. Now, ain't that so? There are a lot of people right now who believe in the Lord. Who used to mock and laugh at folks who do believe in the Lord. That's why I don't care if people laugh at my faith. Because I know one day they might be with me on a podcast praising the Lord. I don't care if somebody laughing. What do they get laughing at? I don't believe in Jesus. I don't care. Because I know one day you probably will be preaching more than I am. <laughs> because I used to be an unbeliever. I used to be laughing at folks who believe in Jesus. Stuff like that. And they say, you know. And the rest is history. So Saul was a man who didn't believe in Jesus Christ. And he used to persecute people who do believe in him. Now watch this. Acts chapter 9 verse, around verse 4 says this. And he fell onto the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? Now this is Jesus speaking to Saul. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And, and the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecuted. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now watch this. I will explain that later. He says, He comes trembling, astonished, said, Lord, what would God have me to do? And that's what the, all the Lord wants you to ask him. If you're confused right now about what it is that you that God wants you to do, ask him right now. And he'll give you an answer. Some of you right now, you, you want to know what, what what do I do with this man? What do I do with this woman? What do I do with this husband? What do I do with this wife? What do I do with this job? What do I do with these kids? What I, you want to know how, what to do. And God is there to answer your prayer. He is there to give you some direction. He says... He's saying, Lord, what do, you, what do you want me to do? I remember myself being a young man the Lord. I asked the Lord that very same question. Lord, what is it you want me to do? And watch this. And this is what the Lord said. He says, arise and go into the city. And it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now watch this. Go already down now to verse 10. I want to show you Acts chapter 9 and verse 10. Let me show you something. Then there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. It's him that said the Lord envisioned Ananias. And he said, Behold, Lord, I am here. Watch this. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. Now, wait a minute. Now, he, first Saul, Saul was persecuting folk, but now he's praying. You're going to be the same way. <laughs> first, you was laughing at folks who believe in Jesus, but now you're praying to Jesus. But let, well, watch this. Let me show you something. And I says, now he hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in. 
and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. And watch this, Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard many things of this man. How much evil he have done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Because he, they know him. They know Saul is a man that persecuted the Christians. They know, they, believe, they know Saul is a man who torments the Christians. They know Saul is a man who arrests Christians. Throw them into prison. They know Saul is that man. And they have, he, watch this now, and he says, there he have authority from chief priests to bind all that call to thy name. Now watch this. He said, hey, wait a minute, hey, wait a minute, God. Because sometimes God will give you an assignment that you don't understand. God will give you an assignment that you're not really comfortable with doing. He says, hold up for a minute, God. You talking about go and find a man called Ananias? Go and find a man called Saul? He's saying, this man... Um, he has a authority um, from the chief priest to arrest anyone who um, calls on your name. <laughs> he said, he basically, and then I said, hello, God, do you know what you're doing? You know who you're talking about? Go see. But watch what Jesus told him. And the Lord said unto him, go thy way. He is a chosen vessel unto me. He says, go thy way. He's saying that this Saul is a chosen vessel unto me. Now watch this. Now watch this now. Let me show you something. Because Jesus is getting ready to prophesy and tell Saul what it is he is here to do. And what is, what is it? It's, there's no greater joy for a man to know what his purpose is on this earth. If you don't know what your purpose is on this earth, then you won't be happy anywhere. Trust me, I don't, I don't see engineers making a ton of money unhappy. Because, and I actually spoke with them, and I said, man, what's going on? You making all this money? You got this nice desk? I mean, what, what? And you got this nice car? I mean, he said, I just don't feel like I'm doing my purpose. When you know that you're not doing your purpose, and when you know there's something greater for your life and more fulfilling for your life, you won't be you'll be unhappy, uneasy. It, it is a glorious thing to know what it is and why you were born. <laughs> See, you just wasn't born just because your mother and your father got together. No, God got a purpose for your life. Saul knew what his purpose is because God told him. He, he's telling Ananias, you, you go your way. This man, he's a chosen vessel unto me. You're chosen. You're chosen. And now watch this. What's he going to read? He's going to read Bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Wait a minute here. So God chose Paul to preach the name of the Lord in front of Gentiles, the non-Jews, and also the Jews, and also kings, priests, everybody is going to hear this man. And not only that, I'm going to show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now watch this. He's going to preach the gospel to Gentiles. He's going to preach the gospel to Jews. He's going to preach the gospel to the kings and priests. That's his word. That's his prophecy. That's what he's going to do with his life. But God didn't really tell him how he was going to get to that point. Or what exactly all he's going to have to do to get to that point. You have received a word from God. You have received instructions from God as far as what you're supposed to do with your life. But he ain't really going to tell you how you're going to get to that point. And the problem is, see, it's like somebody telling somebody you're going to you're going to be a millionaire. Cool. But they're not going to tell you, but you're going to make you may have to go bankrupt three times and make it happen. You're going to have a mansion. You're going to have about five rental properties. You're going to be a, a, a real estate investor. You're going to be a man. Of God. Good, 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 cool. Yeah, but also you're going to be homeless before this goes to pass because you're going to go through some things in your life. If God was to tell you 
all things you had to suffer, go through before you can get to your destiny. Some of you wouldn't do it. That's why he wants you to keep your eyes on the prophecy. He wants you to keep your eyes on the main goal. Because if you don't keep your eyes on the main goal, if you're going through any trouble, then you'll lose your focus and you'll stop going. The problem is the reason why a lot of us hasn't got into the place where God has ordained us to be is because we're still looking at our, our right now and the issues that we're having. And we're saying to ourselves, this can't be God because I'm going through so much stuff. But sometimes the reason why you're going through so, so much stuff is because you're closer to your promise and you're closer to your destiny than you can imagine. You're, matter of fact, you're one decision away from what God has called you to do. Lord have mercy. You're one decision away from where God has called you to be. Let me keep, now go with me to Acts chapter 27. I want to read to you some things. Now, this is Paul now, the same man that got prophesied to. The same man that God says is going to bear his name before Gentiles and Jews and Gentiles and, and priests and kings and whatnot. This is that same man. Now he's. This is Acts chapter twenty-seven. I want to start reading for you though, in, in around verse fourteen in Acts chapter twenty-seven. It says, "But not long after there arose it a tempest wind called Eurachodon." Now this is when I said, now I read to you earlier how Acts chapter twenty-seven, how Paul and the other prisoners were in a boat and they were getting ready to set sail. And so while they're setting sail and while they're in the ship. There was a storm arose. I just called it a hurricane. Can you imagine you in a boat? You set sail somewhere and all of a sudden out of nowhere, here comes this hurricane. You already know you're probably pretty much dead, right? Because here comes a hurricane. They just had about four or five hurricanes down in Louisiana. I seen how, how that hurricane just destroyed homes and houses and apartments and, and folks uh, passed away, different things, cars turned over and everything. Can you imagine being set in sail? You out on this ocean, right? And here comes this hurricane. And that's what happened to Paul in there while, as he was on this boat. Watch this. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. Rebu Shaka. And running under a certain island, which is called Clotter, we had much work to come by the boat. Which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship, fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand and struck sail. And so were driven. Listen, they're going through all kind of mess. They got a, um, the, 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 the boat has now has had to go to this, a certain island. They're fearing for their life. Quicksand is around them. The winds, the waves, the rain is going. And here's Paul in his boat that has received his prophecy now that he's supposed to preach the gospel to Gentiles, to Jews, to kings, and to priests, and to different nations. He got this prophecy on him, right? But yet he's in this boat. And he's in this boat with other prisoners. And the boat is getting ready pretty much to be tore up because of the storm and people are fearing for their life. And he's not yet done everything that God has prophesied him to do in his life. You're in the boat right now and the winds and the waves are just tearing you up. Friends, family, there's some stuff you don't done. It's a mess you're in right now. It's all kind of things going on. You made bad decisions. You messed up some money. You messed up some relationships. You did some things you shouldn't have done. You've done all kind of things in your life. Yeah, but you're on this boat and you're with other prisoners. Prisoners of the moment. Prisoners of fantasies. Prisoners of, of, of drugs. Alcohol. Sex. All kind of different things going on in your life. You're, you're, just, you're just in prison right now. And you feel all messed up. And it's like a storm hitting your life. And you're saying to yourself, is this where it all ends? But I say no. Because if you have not fulfilled everything that God has ordained you to do, this is not the end. And we're going to see what's going on. Watch this. Now watch this. Now watch verse 18 of chapter 27. This is all good, but it is what it is if you don't like it. Now watch this. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest. 
The next day, they lighten the ship. Now they're getting ready because of all that's on the ship. Now they're throwing stuff off the ship to make the ship a little lighter. Because they're being tossed to and fro with a tempest wind. And they feel like they're going to tip over. Now watch this. And the third day, we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days will appear. Listen, now watch this. This storm has been so great that the sun and the stars have not appeared for many days. They're just in total darkness. Do you feel like right now in your life you're in total darkness? You can't even see your way out. You don't even see how you're going to make it to the next day. And you're just living life day by day. And your main joy in your life right now is some clown on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is liking a post. That's your main joy. You're so messed up right now that you get joy from foolishness. You're in the dark right now. Can we go deeper? Boy, we asked for the Bible. Can we go deeper? Now watch this. And when not I'm asking now verses verse 20. Watch this now. And when neither sun nor stars in, in many days appeared, watch this. And no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. Everyone lost hope. They said, you know what they said one to another? Man, we about to die. The prisoners said it. The guards said it. The captain said it of the ship. Everybody said it, except for one man. Only one man in the ship knew that it was not the end of his days. And the reason why he knows it's not the end of his days, because he has not yet fulfilled everything that God has prophesied and promised him that rebel that he's going to do in his life listen if you think you're at the point of death right now know that you're going to be alive know that you're going to make it to the next day simply because you know that god is not done with you yet it may be dark in your life right now and people around you are saying we man we about to die people around you in the same hood are saying i mean we're gonna die here People at your same job, the same dead-end job that you've been working with, the same people for the last 30 years are saying, man, we're going to die here. The people at the same situation that you're in saying, man, we're going to die alcoholics. We're going to die drug addicts. We're going to die sick addicts. We're going to die depressed. We're going to die. No, 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 bro. This, this, this is not the end for me. This is not the end for you either. Listen, because I know that I have not yet fulfilled everything that God has told me that I'm getting ready to do. Let, can we go deeper? Let, let's go deeper. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 21. But after a long abstinence, <laughs> yes, Lord, after a long abstinence, Paul stood up. He stood forth in the midst of them and said, sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed some Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. Here's what Paul's saying. Paul is saying this to the captain, to the people. Paul told them before they set sail. That, hey, man, we shouldn't take this trip right now because I perceive in my spirit. That's going to be a great disaster. It's going to be a storm out there, man. We need, we need to wait in the storm. I need to, you know, wait here until the storm passes over. But, of course, they didn't listen to Paul. They did what they want to do. Have you ever in your life heard God speaking to you and said, um, I don't think you should get, uh, you shouldn't get married right now because... That person that you're getting ready to marry, they just ain't ready for all that. You shouldn't start this church right now. I know you're anointed, but you shouldn't start this church right now because, you know, it's not going to end well because you're not, they're not ready. You're not ready. You shouldn't start. You should move right now, man, because you're not, you don't have the skills, the skill set, a trade, anything. You don't have anything, you know, a job to take care of. You shouldn't do this right now. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm not saying you're not going. I'm not saying it never happened. I'm just saying you shouldn't do it right now because... There's a storm coming that the boat can't handle. And, you know, you can't handle this right now. Have you ever was getting ready to make a life a, a decision? And you know God was speaking to you and telling you didn't know not to do it. And matter of fact, he had other people telling you not to do it. And you did it anyway. And the result of what you're doing and what you did was shipwreck. 
That's what Paul is telling these men right now. Watch this now, verse 22. But he, but he says this though. And now I exhort you. I encourage you. He says, now I exhort you to be a good cheer. Wait a minute, Paul. What are you talking about? I know Paul is a man of God because he talks crazy like God talks. Here's how God talks crazy. You be going through all kinds of mess in your life. And God be telling you to be of good cheer. There was once in the Bible in, in, in Luke chapter 7. There was a woman who had son, only son had just died. And she was a widow, so her husband had been gone. And this woman's son had just died, right? And Jesus told the woman, weep not. I know Paul is a man of God because he talks just like God. These people have just set sail. They're getting ready to lose their ship. They're scared. They don't lost their luggage. They don't lost all the stuff on the ship. The, the, the wind and, and the waves have been raving. There's the, the boat's getting ready to turn over. Um, the, 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 they have not seen a sun in so many days, nor the stars. They're in total darkness. And Paul stands up in the midst of them folks and says, I want to encourage you until you be of good cheer. He says, and you need to be of good cheer. Watch this now. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Now, he says, listen here, you're going to survive this. But the marriage won't. Can I preach to you? Oh, I wish I had somebody. You're going to survive this. But the child, you know, the, the, the child may not make it. You're going to survive this. But the thing that you did that was not of God, you're going to lose. Now, you're going to survive. Now, you're going to live. But the business is going to die. You're going to, you're going to survive this now. But the ship got to be gone. There's some things in your life that are going to die off, but you're going to survive it. Because even though the thing that you did was not of God, the reason why the ship is being lost because they set sail and they shouldn't have. The reason why the church you had didn't make it because you started it and you shouldn't have. The reason why you started that business and you failed because you started it before God told you to and you shouldn't have. But don't worry about it. You're going to survive it. You're going to survive this heartbreak. You're going to survive this disappointment in your life. Failure is not the end of your life. But watch, watch this. Watch what happens. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and who I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, for thou must brought, be brought before Caesar. Reason why they're going to survive all that. And the reason why Paul is getting ready to survive the, the, the storm and the rain and, 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 and the shipwreck. The reason why he's going to survive all that. Because he has not yet fulfilled his destiny. Oh, I feel like preaching. I'm going. You're going to survive that. You should be dead right now, but you're going to survive it. You should have been passed away. See, if anybody else would have been through what you've been through, they couldn't have made it. But because you're you and because you have a prophecy over your life, you're going to make it. Lord have mercy. Whew. For it still be by body is the angel God whose I am and who I serve. Saying, Fear not, Paul, that must be brought before Caesar. He, he must be brought before Caesar. His voice got to be heard. And God had given thee all them that sail with it. Watch this. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. He says it twice. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe God. Believe God tonight. That it shall be even as it were told me. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. Watch this. He said, Hey, hey, you know, we're going to survive, but hey. We're going to go do some things now. We're getting ready to go do a whole lot of mess. Because why? Because we set sail and we shouldn't have. You see, we getting ready, you're getting ready to go through a whole lot of mess. Because you're getting ready to go through a whole lot of court cases. Because you set sail and you shouldn't have. You're getting ready to go through a whole lot of things in your mind and your body. You're getting ready to go through a whole lot of sleepless nights. Because you set sail and sailed and you shouldn't have. You're getting ready to go through a whole lot of things with that man and woman. Because you mess around and got involved with somebody that's gonna, that turned you out. And now you don't even want to go home no more. Because you don't want the wife no more. You want her. You don't want the, the husband. Well, you want him. But now, lo and behold, the person that you're trying to lead the husband for don't want you like that. You set sail and you shouldn't have. You've done some things you shouldn't have. But God says, be a good cheer. This now shall not be the end of your life. Wherefore he serves, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as was told me. Watch how be it, we must be cast about a certain island. Now watch this. But when the fourteenth night was come, as we were driven up, up and down the Adria, about midnight the shipmen deemed that, that they drew near to some country. Now watch this. And sounded and, and found it 
20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they saw it again and found it 15 fathoms. Watch this. Then, fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, they cast for anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat upon the sea under color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship. Watch this. Paul said to centurion to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. Some things you're going to have to cut off in order to survive. <laughs> Some things you're going to have to cut out of your life in order to survive. Now, you're gonna, if you're going to make it to that destiny, if you're going to make it to the point where you need to be, there's some things you got to cut off if you're going to survive. Can I keep preaching? Watch this. Paul said to the centurion, the soldiers, except you, these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Watch this and watch this and watch this. And while they had, and while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, this day is the 14th day that you have tarried and continue fasting, having taken nothing. See, there's so much in a mess. They haven't eaten anything in 14 days. There's some things and there's some mess that you got yourself in. And watch this. Here's the revelation in that. There's, there's so much darkness you've been in. And there's so much mess you've been in for a long time. You don't want to eat the word of the Lord no more. You don't want to eat no more. But unless you eat, you can't get strength. 34th verse says this. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is your health. And this is the man. They're not bread alone, but every word received out of another God. For there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. Listen. You've been going through hell. And some of it, these men are going through hell right now. And it's, they're going through hell because of their own doing. Because they set sail. And God said, don't set sail. They did it anyway. And they're going through because of their own doing. But watch this. Watch this. You thought it was going to destroy you. But God said, not a hair on your head shall fall from this. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. And then there were all good cheer. They were all of good cheer, not any good cheer. And they also took some meat. Oh, and we were in all on the ship, 203 score and 16 souls. About 246 people were involved in this. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened up the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. And when it was day, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore into the which they were minded, if it were possible, to thrust to the ship. Now watch this. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves to the sea and loose in the rudder bands and hoisted it up in a main sail to the wind and made toward the shore. And falling to a place where two seas met, they ran into the ship ground and the four points stuck fast and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. Not a ship is being broken to pieces. Not a marriage is being broken to pieces. Not the business, not the stocks, not a broken into pieces. Not your mind, your heart, broken into pieces. Things are going on in your life. Things that you hold near and dear to, broken into pieces. And the soldiers counseled to them, kill the prisoners. So watch this, now ain't that some something? The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners. Here's why they wanted to kill the prisoners. Because if the prisoners would have escaped, they will be held accountable to their bosses once they get back because if a prisoner is in your care in those days and they escape they will kill you the one who's supposed to be watching the prison that's why the soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners but watch this lest any of them should swim out and escape watch this but the centurion willing to save Paul watch this Lord have mercy but the centurion the boss willing to save Paul kept them from their purpose and commanded that they would, could swim should cast themselves first into the sea 
and get to land, and the rest should on boards, and some on broken pieces of the ship, and some that came to pass, they escape all safe to land. Listen, you're going to escape out of this thing safely. You're going to get out of this mess that you're in safely, but it's going to be on broken pieces. You're going to get to your destiny safely, but it's going to be on broken pieces. You're going to get to where you need to be in God safely, but it's going to be on broken pieces. You may have a broken heart. You may have a broken home. You may be coming in on broken promises that somebody promised you and said they always be there for you. You're going to come in on broken um, things that, that, that somebody said they will never cheat on you, never leave you. But once you got sick. They cheated. Once you um, couldn't do certain things anymore, they left you. Listen, you're going to get there, but it's going to be on broken pieces. Because you set sail and shouldn't suppose and, and did some things in your life that you wasn't supposed to. But that doesn't mean that God don't still love you. And that don't mean you're not going to still get there. You thought it was all over, didn't you? You knew you weren't supposed to marry that man. You knew you weren't supposed to marry that woman. You knew it wasn't time to start a church. You knew it wasn't time to start that business. You knew it wasn't time to move. You knew you wouldn't have God's timing. You know, good and well, that man won't go be faithful. You know, good and well, good and well, that God didn't call you to do that. But you did it anyway. You set sail. Then things become broken up. But that's all right. If you can't swim, just hang on to a little piece of the ship. And you arrive on the land safely. You're going to get there on broken pieces. Listen, I'm going to pick this up tomorrow. Because I got to get up out of here. But I'm going to show you what happened to Paul and them. Once they got to land. I should have shown you now. Should I show you now? Should I get it while they're getting this good? Somebody next to me is saying, go ahead and preach it. Let me go ahead on. So, we see what happens now. Let me tell you what happens. We see, we see what happens now. Paul now they miss the land. Now watch this now. This is chapter. This is Acts chapter twenty-eight. Watch this. When they were escaped, when they knew that the island was called Matia, and the barbarous people showed up, showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us everyone because of the present rain and because of the cold. Now watch this. They in the rain. They in the cold. They have escaped to this island from the ship. Now watch Paul. And when Paul had gathered together a bundle of sticks. And laid them on the fire. There came a viper out of the heat. And fastened on his hand. Wow. <laughs> Paul is making a fire. Putting wood on his fire. And all of a sudden out of the fire. Comes this snake. And bites Paul on the hand. And stays there. Now we up north. Now I'm up north in Michigan. Now, I mean you got garden snakes up here. You know, People ain't usually scared of them. But I'm from Arkansas. And down there, the snakes that we got, you know, if you get bit by one of them snakes, yeah, that's, you know, you pretty much dead. That's, that's poison snake. Yeah. Paul got bit by one of them Arkansas snakes, baby. <laughs> this one on Gardner. Now, watch what happened when he got bit by the snake. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, there you go. The snake was hanging on Paul's hand. They said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer. Listen at this. They saying, Paul got bit by a snake and they saying, no doubt this man is a murderer. Whom, though he have escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffer him not to live. They said, no doubt this man got to be a murderer. Because he don't escape the shipwreck. He don't escape the sea. He don't escape all this stuff. And yet, vengeance won't allow him to live. He don't got bit by a snake. Sometimes you can have problem at the problem at the problem. The things that Paul was going through were not um, little things. The shipwreck, the storm, the rain, people trying to kill him. And now the snake has bitten him. These are things that all should have took him out of here. But he's not going to die. You know why? He's not going to die right now. You know why? Because he has not yet fulfilled his destiny. There is something that has bit you right now and is hanging on you. And you just can't seem to get rid of it. But that thing that is hanging on you will not be the death of you. Because in a minute, you're going to see what you got to do to that thing. See, the thing has been stuck on you for a long time. Because you thought that's what it's supposed to be. And you thought this is how it's always going to be. 
Rebo shakarebo shakaraba dia tu baha. But the thing that's on you right now doesn't belong there. I feel like preaching. Hold on for a minute. Hold on for a minute. Let me let me let me ask in the side. Let me give you something. And he shook up. Now what's here? what Paul answered to the the snake. Here's what Paul's answer is to the snake that bit him and hung on his hand. Here's what Paul did. And he shook off the beast into the fire and he felt no harm. This thing ain't going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt you. You know why? Because you have not fulfilled your destiny. He felt no Watch this. How be it? Now watch this now. Verse 6. How be it? They should have. When How be it? They looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. Listen, there. They, they was waiting him. There was there was there was some, there was some people right now, seeing the beast bite you. They seen they seen that man cheat on you. They seen that woman disrespect you. They seen them kids acting disrespect. They seen you get fired. They seen your car get ruined. They seen all the things you've been going through in your life. And they said, there's no way in the world this woman, this man, can survive this right here. And there's folks right now who've been watching you, waiting for you to break down, waiting for you to have a nervous breakdown, waiting for you to give up. They've been waiting for you to die. The Bible says they was waiting for Paul to have been swollen. They was waiting for Paul to drop down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while, they saw no harm come to him. They was waiting for a while. They've been, there's some folks that have been watching you for a while, waiting for you to fall. But when they looked for a great wall, they saw no harm come to him and they changed their minds and said that he was a God. There are some people who have been watching you right now and they see you going through hell and high water. And they say, I don't know how in the world can she survive that disrespectful and abusive man. I don't know how in the world he can survive that. He been through all kind of mess. He was shipwrecked. The ship broke up. He was going through the rain and the storm. And while he's here making a fire, he was bit by a snake and then hung on him. He just shook it off. There's some things in your life right now you're going to have to shake off. There's some men you got to shake off. There's some past lovers. There's some past lovers. There's some lust you got to shake off. There's some, there's some depression you got to shake off. It's been hanging on you for a while. It's been hanging on your mind for a while. There are some past things you got to let go and shake off. There are some things, um, habits you got to shake off. There are some friends you're going to have to shake off. There are some lovers, some ex, some family members, some ex-wives. some You're going to have to shake that mess off. There are some things that you've been holding on to for a long time. That's been holding on to you and holding on to your mind. And they have been distracting you from your ministry. You're going to have to shake that thing off. But once you shake it off. You're going to have two things happen once you shake it off. You're going to have people looking for you, waiting for you to fail. And waiting for you to be swollen, waiting for you to drop down dead. But also, you're going to feel no harm. Once you shake it off, you're going to realize, you, I feel, I feel no harm. Shake that thing off. Shake that mess off. Shake it off right now. Shake it. As a matter of fact, shake it fast. But watch yourself. You're going to have to learn how to shake it fast right now. If God be for us, who could be against us? Father, we thank you for you, your special name among men. We thank you for this word. I ask that, Father God, that you would bless the hearers of your word. Touch them right now in Jesus' name. If it's a word, then I must have did it. And if it's not, then I wasn't with it. Stay committed.